Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Tis I, Colton Robertson, and it's a special episode, special, special episode. I'm joined for the first time by both both these people, Tavares Pennington. What is up? It's been a while. It has. It has. I'm back. I make my infamous return. Putting the penny back in the penny bloom. <laughs> yeah, been at it for a minute. I'm like, I'm like, man, I I miss I miss my penny. No, no, yeah, I know, I know. It's it's it was it was it was tough going there. You know, I had had the semester to finish up, and then I just had some some personal stuff. And I get yeah, you. I'm, I'm glad to be back. I'm glad I'm glad you are back. You know, we uh last last time we were together, I believe we were talking Zack Snyder's Justice League. If I'm not yes, right. yes, yeah. We still got to get the projector uh, showing of that one. Oh, we absolutely. We'll have a big showing for that one. It, All will right, include, bet, bet. it will include my friend Joseph George. What's up, homie? What is up? It's an honor to be here. I'm along at- with the I don't know the two co-owners of the show. Might I say? <laughs> uh, you know, but- it is it is it is a pleasure to have you, Joe. You've came in big in these last nine months, and you know, today's special. This episode marks two years of the Penny Bloom podcast, and it is also the 100th episode. 100 episodes. And Count Dooku's birthday and graduation. Yeah, we graduated three years ago today, by the way. Wait, today? Yeah, three years ago today, we graduated. Two years ago today, we started the podcast. A year Uh, ago today, SpaceX sent the first two humans up in space by a private company. I know this day is pretty cool. And today we celebrate. Today we celebrate. Today we celebrate. Uh, Speaking of birthdays, it's Christopher Lee's birthday, actor who played Count Dooku, been in Lord of the Rings, uh, the Bond series. We talked, me and Joe talked about him a lot. On uh, on our <laughs> on our other shows this week, uh, also the birthday of Andre Benjamin, Andre three thousand, uh, a fantastic day. Also the birthday of one Paul Bettany, Vision. It's a fucking great day, fellas. It's a, it is a great day. It's a it's fucking a great day. Good day to start. This yeah, we podcast. chose the best day to start. We chose a good day. <laughs> we chose a good, good fucking day, and you know it's. I like to think back to May twenty seventh. 2019 think about what was like going on then pop culturally you know what i'm saying so oh, may 27 has changed <laughs> yeah i got a list here i got a list here for you may 27th 2019 avengers endgame was only one month old it was still in theaters 
Game of Thrones had concluded one week earlier. And that was the that was the largest subject of one of our first episodes, actually. Deep dive into Game of Thrones. I believe it was our second episode. Uh, the Star Wars Skywalker saga had not ended. The Mandalorian had not begun. And Tavares, another one of our first episode uh, uh, topics, Igor, had just Igor. released. Ten still still a great album. Earlier. Fucking phenomenal album. I remember, the, I, like, I remember Igor, uh, I remember Tyler tweeting about it and being like, don't do yourself a disservice here. Listen to this with both your headphones. Mm-hmm. Go outside and just experience this shit. He wrote, he wrote a whole letter, I think. He wrote a whole letter about, a like, whole it was letter. like, a, a thing with the, I think it was in the booklet of the album, if I remember, um, mm. where he was just like, like, get rid of all distractions. Just focus on this. Yes. And I had nothing and, else to do. I think my roommate had moved out that day or something, and I was just laying in my dorm room alone. Mm-hmm. Kind of sad. So that's <laughs> what I did. I feel you. And that probably, that probably picked you up a little bit. It did. Igor is a good fucking album. Igor is a good fucking album. I, I remember the, I, I went for a walk, like he said in the letter. Both headphones in, full blast. Just wanted to experience it, and you know he he created the feeling. He he, he, he created. It. We just had to feel it. You know, and that that was the topic of our very first episode, titled "You Got to Create a Feeling." Got to. Wow. He did it. He did that shit. It was fucking <laughs> phenomenal. And now we, we talk about how murdering people is a very large adrenaline rush. You know. <laughs> Like the the how far we've come. Oh, look how far we've come, Joe. I <laughs> the uh, the addition of Miles, Kyler, and yourself uh, back in September of 2020 <laughs> has done done nothing short of uh, uh, invigorated the show in a in a uh, in, in an entirely new way. I will say that's a very nice about, way to put it. Yeah, the shit we can talk about there gets a little. A little wacky compared to what me and Tavares talk about. We may have ruined the credibility of the show, um, but we keep it exciting. You never know what's going to pop up. You You never know. know. And that's the beauty of podcasts. There might be a 25 to 30-minute discussion about what is the most not disgusting word for semen. That's true. You never know. And we had that conversation. We did. On Patreon. On Patreon.com slash Bloom. Kind of insane. You know, we take the conversations that people don't want to have, and we have them. Okay? Yeah, Jogurt. Speaking of that conversation, Jogurt. It's, uh... That's bad. One of the only good things about being named Joe. Um, you know, because Joe kind of sucks. Because, like, you're the average Joe. Mm, Not good. uh, Um... Oh, it's John Doe, not Joe Don. Joe isn't. It's it's just Joe, you know. It's just it's just Joe, but Jogurt, the combination, Jogurt. I I've only used it once in real life, um, out loud to another person. <laughs> didn't didn't I got a laugh? But let's just say, me and that person don't talk anymore ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, understandable. Yeah. Uh, if you, if you ever refer to your Jogurt, mm-hmm. ever, it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. Joe, hey, Joe, I have a question. Okay. 
Can you give me a guess as to what the number one song in the world would have been May 27th, 2019? Give me a hint on the artist. Just released, just released a very There's just released a controversial music video. Old Town Road? Remix with Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. That was the number one song in the world when we started. That was before we knew he was even gay. That was before we knew Lil Nas was gay. It was. Think about that. That that changed the world right there. Honestly, that was like... I, I mean... Lil Nas X is pretty much the best pop star on the face of the earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, right now he's huge. And the crazy thing is he does not release that much material. Like, does he even have a full album yet? Like, I think he, he has, put like, out He put out his debut album, like, a year, I think in 2020 or maybe even. No, was that, I think, I feel like that was an EP. Was, did he put oh, out maybe a full it album? Was. I thought it was his debut album. That was called, like, Seven, right? Yeah, that, I think that was just an EP. He's about to release an album anyway. I know that. And he just released a song called Sun Comes Down and holy fucking shit. That's hmm. that is a phenomenal song. I've not heard it yet. Oh yeah, I've not either. Yeah, he just has seven, seven e, yeah, EP. But yeah, the shit. I mean, Lil Nas X is just different at this point. Like, I would be so scared if I was Lil Nas X. I would hate to be in his position because oh, he's like, loving it. The fr- I mean, like on on one level, yes, but on another level, like you released like one of the greatest songs to ever be released on your first try, like. How are you supposed to, like, what do you do after that? Like, I guess you drop, you drop. You drop Panini. Yeah, you drop Panini. That's it. You just, hey, you Panini, drop. don't you be a meanie. Uh, and then you drop Montero. Montero. I mean, Montero is actually one of the, like, like that is critically a fucking phenomenal song. No, it is. That song is that song is actually great. I love the video for it too. It's like the video is, it's just I very mean, the imaginative. Pink piece got a lot of people upset, which oh. I think is hilarious. He's doing everything right. Like at this point, if you're mad at that video, take a look at yourself. I guess. I guess look in the mirror. he. Look that's it. what Look he it. wanted to happen. Look at it. If you're Look mad it. at the video, that's what he wanted to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. he wanted to induce uh, satanic panic, which is fucking hilarious. He was satanic like, panic. Like all he did, he's like, he's like all, all, he all these old, he's like all these old white people love nostalgia. How about I give it to him with satanic panic? Think about it. All he did was take a stripper pole from heaven to hell and lap dance, or give a lap dance to the devil. That's it. And if there's anybody you're going to give a lap dance to, why not him? At least it wasn't like God. Even, I, I, that'd that be even was, more epic. That would have been you know? even more epic. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that, I, I love the tweet, the, the tweets I've seen where it's like Christians love to, are the like definition of make up a guy and get mad at him. Mm. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I guess I don't know. They just don't have enough problems in their life, so they have to find something, you know. They got to find something. And this is what it happened to be, I guess. Well, uh, something that was actually a problem about two years ago, mm. the college admission scandal. Do you re- recall this with uh, Lori Laughlin? I do. Wow. There, so th- there is – have you all seen – have either of you seen the uh, the documentary on Netflix about this? I have not. Mm. Absolutely insane. If you get like a free hour and a half, just just check that out. It's, it's super compelling and it's really it, – like – 
the way that it's made is really cool too because it's almost as if it's like its own film like documenting what ha- would have happened like in these phone calls with rich parents where they're like hey so my kid doesn't actually play water polo but <laughs> i need him to get dressed up as if he does so i can send it to stanford and then them saying that doesn't sound completely legal and him saying yeah you won't no- nothing will happen just just do it it'll be all okay. right i promise and, and that's the thing literally it. happened <laughs> Some rich people ass shit right there. Rich people ass. This being like, so do this and all my problems are solved. Okay, cool. I'll do it. <laughs> Around that same time when that whole scandal was happening, Captain Marvel was released in theaters, and so was Us by Jordan Peele. Great movie. Great movie. Great movie. I cannot Not wait movie. for his next movie. He's like, gonna. I mean. He's just gonna keep dropping fucking bangers. He's two for two. He's so good, isn't it? It's just get out. And he's us, more right? than two for two yeah. at this point. I mean, Key and Peele. That's a okay. Done. Even before that. Even before that. True. Yeah. Me, me, and Claire actually watched us. We watched a couple weeks ago. I watched us for the first time, and then mm-hmm. she hadn't seen Get Out, so we watched Get Out too. Oh. And like just watching those back to back, you can like he has his own like it's almost as if those happened at like two different like times in the universe or parts of like, it feels like the same universe yeah. yeah it feels like it feels like the same rules govern his films that don't actually govern reality like yeah he's got the monkey paw universe yeah he's got the the the, the monkey monkey paw i want universe. jordan peele to direct a darth vader movie Ooh, i think he would do a great job like a thriller horror of vader just Tearing it up. That would be that would be extraordinarily fun. I would love to get a horror film look at Emperor Palpatine too. Mm. Oh. That would you be know. sick. What I what I really want from Star Wars too is just like some of the like really comic y stories about like these like crazy ass like mythical Jedi's that like uh Darth Vader hunts down and like the massive ass gap between like his time becoming Darth Vader and his time at, uh, like us actually seeing him like on screen as Darth Vader, like because he like I, I just was watching some YouTube videos about it a couple weeks ago, and like there's so, there's so many Star Wars stories that just like don't really get told. What's interesting? Oh god, got some major feedback there. Fuck. Mm. Seems... Joe, Joe's audio is coming through on Tavares. Am I loud for you, Colton? You're you're a little loud, but uh, I I actually had to turn down my microphone so I didn't get my feedback from. Let me turn myself down. Am I still good? That sounds better. Better. Mm-hmm. Still getting a little. That's too low. A little higher. There you go. That's good. good. Yeah. Okay. We're chilling. We're chilling. I forgot where I was completely. I got, Star I got, Wars. I got distracted oh, yeah. around the third bopity 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 bop. We really don't get to see the primes of the characters that we know. Like Vader, we didn't get to see his prime. Mm-hmm. We didn't get to see Luke's prime. Uh, Anakin, I guess we saw everything of Anakin. Yeah, Anakin, uh, the Clone Wars is Anakin's prime. That's. Yeah. I guess we get, we saw Anakin's prime. Um, but like. We're not gonna see Ray's. Yeah, we or... have it, it ends. 
before, like right when their prime starts, basically. Well, right. you know, that's that's the prime <laughs> though. That's yeah, the prime. They got to get to there. That's true. Star Wars in general has like its own like super unique story structure that I think like it's the same story over and over. Yeah, you, but and you can do it endlessly. It's almost as if the point is to do it endlessly. Well, and that's the thing. That's what's like. That's what's got Star Wars creators just like in their bag is that they know what works at this point. They know the in formula. the Star Wars universe. They have it's the like, formula. Yeah. I like what gets exciting is when we do find good iterations of that style. You know what I'm saying? And it's and it still maintains that honesty to the originals, like like the Mandalorian, which like on episodes directed by like Rick Famuyiwa. I feel like I'm watching. I'm, I feel like I'm watching Indiana fucking Jones. You know, mm. I'm watching George George Lucas influenced shit, and it's obvious. And I like that about it, but it's also not afraid to be itself. We are definitely in a in a good era of Star Wars. Can you sure. hear? Can you hear me? I don't see any green lines. I don't know if I'm. Yeah, I, yeah, I can hear you. You're chilling. Okay, I don't cool. see any on mine either, but we're okay. Okay, cool. Um, but like we we're definitely living in a great era. This would be a beautiful time to grow up. Dude, it's um, not just a great era for Star Wars, but a great era for entertainment in that's general. That's true. Just a good uh, another another fascinating one from around the time the show was starting. Uh, Euphoria wouldn't air for another month. Oh, the beginning, like the start. The beginning, begin. The first episode of Euphoria wasn't for another month after we started this podcast. Oh my! God. That know, was the one. That was the one that really put me on my ass when I saw it. I was. Uh-huh. Like, I remember you watching that and being like, I don't think I'd seen it. I, I don't think I saw like the first two as they came out and you're like, yo, we like get yourself emotionally and mentally prepared, but you got to watch this. And then we started doing episode breakdowns for the rest of the season, that which we will, which so we will good. be doing again in season. Yes. Two. That's Honestly, so that's a show we might need to revisit just in the interim. Um, Absolutely. With the, with the two special episodes. Those were very interesting. And that is Honestly, it's impressive that, or I love how that how successful that show is because that show is literally just about society's problems, basically. Yeah, it's like, it's a, it's a microcosm of every high school yeah. in the nation's problems, and they all they shoved it all into one of them, and, and they were successful. like, "That's why it's going to be chaos here." It just works. I oh, I just I don't fantastic. know. It's it's like a show that you don't know why you like it, but you just keep watching it. Like it destroys you. It's it just destroys like you this emotion. is so bad. It's probably a net negative if I watch this show. You know, I'm probably <laughs> going to come away feeling worse of a person. You know, but still, I'm just like, damn. It's just so fucking good, regardless. Yeah. No, it, it's I almost mean, become like that. Um, what, what's what's the what's the term for that? Thing? Like the kind of stuff that you watch, like the like the macho guy watching the romantic comedies. What's it? It's like a there's a term. Juxtaposition. Um, no, no, it's it's uh, I can't remember like what the word, but it's just like that thing you go to where you know like comfort, huh? Comfort watch. I don't know. Yeah, comfort watch, kind of, but it, it's like a comfort watch where you feel ashamed about it because you know that like. I, I really shouldn't enjoy oh, guilty this. Guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. That's what it is. Yeah, guilty pleasure. Okay. I couldn't. I didn't figure it out to that last wording yeah. you put on it. Was- it, it. It's kind. It's kind of become like that. It's kind of become like my guilty pleasure show. See, I, I I'm not even fucking guilty about it. I straight up fucking <laughs> like it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna be honest right now, 
the biggest guilty pleasure in my life. Since, since you know, about two years ago on this day, Game of Thrones was ending. I recently made a deal with uh, Emily that she she would which would make her watch Game of Thrones. Uh, so for every episode of Game of Thrones we watch, I have to watch an episode of Glee. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if he's coming out on top in that one. <laughs> and guys, I fucking hate myself for it. No, I kind of like it. That is not a good I kind of like it. Okay. I will say there were two shows that I watched but didn't watch but only watched because my mom and my sister watched it in the living room and sometimes I would sit down and join. Those two shows were Glee and Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. I know enough about these shows to talk about them. But like I don't know how I know this stuff. Because I would watch episodes. I would watch like probably three episodes of a season. Then Mm -hmm. two weeks later come back. Like so I'm way off of like chronological order. But I know so much about Grey's Anatomy for no reason. Like I know I know so much. Dude, you want to know what's crazy? I watched the first nine seasons of Grey's Anatomy, and I went, that's enough. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over and over, and it only gets exciting when, like, a big person dies or leaves. That's why I got – that's why I was done, bro. I, like, I, I, I couldn't I make like, it through an episode of Grey's Anatomy. I'm not going to – like, it was Casey's favorite show, and she was like, just watch, like, watch the first episode. I don't remember a single thing that happened. I really, like, I – I just was like, I don't know how you get through like 15 plus seasons of this. Like that just does not make sense. It does not compute. However, we certainly oh. will be rewatching these eight seasons of Game of Thrones. Uh, we've already completed season one. I think you need to renegotiate your deal, though. Yeah. A one, because, okay, here's the thing. Game of Thrones is going to go down as one of the greatest TV shows of all time. Glee is not... We can at least Joker, say that. Joker just spitting facts. We can at least say that. I'm not gonna say Glee's terrible. It's okay, but like it's got it's got the Barry Allen dude in there. Um, this Grant Gustin. Yeah, Grant Gustin will come up. Will, will pop up. Let's say if this was my girlfriend, you're sacrificing a whole lot more right now. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean I get Game of Thrones out of this. She doesn't. She doesn't want to watch Game of Thrones. You know, but she will. It's, it's excessive. It's excessive. And Wait, how violent. how far are you into Game of Thrones? We have finished. Epi- we have finished season one. We are into season two. A couple episodes. Uh, so this is the wait, season wait. where she's going to get hooked. I, Probably. Well, I gotta know what was her reaction to to the uh, last episode of season one. She uh, so. Uh, Ned Stark died in episode nine. Oh, was that episode nine? There was that wasn't one. the end. That, that wasn't the end of season one. No, season one ends with Daenerys emerging from the fire with her dragons. Oh, interesting. <laughs> episode nine, uh, when 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 the man's head comes off, uh, Emily cried for a tad, for a bit. Respect. Oh, I. Oh, I, I was. I, I mean, the first time I watched, I was. I was fucked up. I, I was. I was getting. I was getting ready to stop watching Game of Thrones before that happened. I was like, okay, well, I got to see it through now, just out of respect for Ned. Well, that's the thing is that like it's. I, I, I was telling her that's the launching point for the story. Like, the first season's just a prelude 
It's just giving you background information. And then, and now the story launches. Now yeah. we really get into it. This is what launched the War of the Five Kings. And that's what, you know, no spoilers because she's in the room and she can hear. But that's what launches I'll the whole say, thing. I can't wait for red. I won't say the second word, red. I won't, I cannot wait for that moment. That is a moment in the show. That is a moment in the show. Like, it affects everybody. It affects everybody. That's the thing, is that this, it's one of the only shows where you will get attached to every character because it's that good. And then they're just like, you never know. You never (laughs) know who might go. Speaking I didn't think, I thought Ned was a entire show character. Like I'm like this dude's not dying for like mm-hmm. four seasons at yeah. least. You He's the main like he was the main <laughs> character at the end of season 1. Like It's the main dude. <laughs> like Also on a side note the the actor who played um uh Rob Stark Ned's son he is in the Eternals trailer if you've seen that. With with Kit Harrington who oh, is Kit Harrington in that too? I thought that yes. was just like I thought that I, I remember seeing that like a year and a half ago, but I thought it was just like smoke at this point. I really think Marvel is planning the biggest crossover event in all of history. Um, I really think they're just trying to get as many universes into their show so that whenever they go to the multiverse, they can do that sort of thing. Yeah, like I don't know, they have so many people from so many different stuff, yeah. and they make it like a goal. Like it seems, you it's know, kind like, of... even I guess that's just how connected Hollywood is, though, because you can connect any two Marvel characters outside of Marvel, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. No, I think it's going to be kind of funny, especially with the Eternals, because uh, from what I've been seeing, this is RDC World video. I haven't actually watched about uh, about it yet, but it's like where the Eternals were during <laughs> uh, uh, Infinity War and Endgame. And all that, and I was like, "That is a great question because that this trailer really is." It this very question led me to led me to read more Eternals. So the other night, Joe, I know you saw in the group chat, I sent a screenshot and was like, "Who, who do you guys think this dialogue is from?" Because it was like the most most this character dialogue ever. So I want to read it to you, and I need you got and I need Tavares to. To guess who it is, I'm t- I'm talking from the perspective of here. Wait, a Mar- This is a Marvel character. This is a Marvel villain. I'll give you that. If much. you weren't even told Marvel, I think you would still. More eternal it's... blasphemy and affront against the universe. All that live must die. When I am done, there will be but a single thing that is eternal: death. Punisher? I don't know. Um... Thanos. Dan, oh, okay. That was that was my first thought, but I was like, no way, it's that easy. Like, <laughs> that was everyone's reaction when I sent it in that group chat. Yeah, I was like, like, whose dialogue do you think this is? Like, and like okay, I was trying to because it's a reveal. It's like a yeah. it's like a page reveal, so they don't show who says it. It's a so okay. I was like, I, as soon as I read it, I was like, there is only one person who would be saying this dialogue right now, and it has yeah. to be Thanos. But yeah. uh, in my reading on the Eternals, what I found is that a uh, they are kind of in the comic books, pawns for celestials. They are cursed to live forever, and all the celestials care about is the advancement of the human race. They don't give a fuck about the Eternals. Uh, so, but that's a pretty. I mean, it, the human race could have ended. That's the thing is that 
also in this in the comic books, Thanos is kind of a product of Eternals, which is weird mm. because Titan is a like established colony of the Eternals, mm. like they like one of the Eternals birthed a planet and that planet was Titan and then Fair. One you know, of the as, as they do. Thanos. Uh so yeah, like it's Thanos is like eternal adjacent. So it's like the possibility that Thanos flew under the radar to them because he is kind of one of them. That's a possibility. However, I think it's just that the Eternals were sworn to never do anything. And then it was Thanos's actions that motivated them to be like, okay, we really can't do that shit again because this shit almost ended. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wait. Why what? does, why did this, oh, you go ahead, go ahead. So are Celestials above Eternals or Eternals above Celestials? Celestials are above Eternals. So. Eternals just have like, in the comic books, they just have abilities. They're just, they're just kind of like normal superheroes. They just, once they die, they come back to life. Hence, Eternal. Oh, so they do age. Oh, well, okay. oh they, I thought. They don't age. They can be murdered, though. Oh. Uh. Yeah, that's a weird story mechanic. Why? Why do the Celestials care about the human race? Like that seems. Yeah, like... that I don't understand. I think it's because they're their creation, mm. and they worship them. The Celestials worship the humans. No, the humans worship Celestials. Like Celestials are like God and shit like that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we haven't met any of the Celestials, have we? Like, I'm we sure if you look deep in the comics, seen, like, we have seen the severed head. Of a celestial, which okay. was the planet nowhere. Oh, oh, that's from that's that where that dude's from from Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, they, they go to nowhere on the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, they the go cluster. there, do they? I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy too. It before. looks like yeah. a Transformers head. You remember that like, moment in Infinity War where uh, the Collector is talking to Thanos, or Gamora like kills Thanos in the reality version, and then he goes, "Magnificent." Magnificent. Yeah, yeah, that's on nowhere. Okay, okay. That whole scene's on nowhere. But uh, yeah, the Eternals. It, it looks like it's going to be the best Marvel movie there's ever been, in my opinion. Whoa! Uh, it's that's the bold. first. Like that's a picture of. Nowhere, I mean, from by a the way. from a critical standpoint, this is the first Marvel movie ever directed by the director who has won a best. Like best director at the Oscars, Chloe Zhao, who won for Nomadland. Pretty, pretty huge uh, this past year. So okay, it's like I'm gonna be honest. I have no idea. I have like this. I have zero information about Celestials and and Eternals. Like, oh, I do, I I have zero information about it too. I I uh, I have little to none about it. That's why I want to keep reading up on it. And actually. It'd be a really fun idea to like read up on that kind of together. I would like talk to talk about okay. it. Stuff. Is Galactus is this is he a celestial? I think he's like a, I don't know if he is a celestial or if he's like a product of celestials or I I couldn't really tell you. <laughs> like cuz I don't even know like I'm trying to picture something, right? Like the big Power Stone Celestial. That was a Celestial, correct? Yes. Like th they were, so there were six Celestials, like one with each stone. Is that correct? Like, is that how they were created? 
I don't think so. I think there are more than six Celestials. But there were. Brandon, I have no idea. There, was there a Celestial per stone at one time? I'm sure there was. I I, I couldn't tell you because I remember that the power stone a lot of one sense. clearly. Like I clearly remember the power stone Celestial just yeeting a whole planet. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. In, okay, I'm in looking at pictures of them. They just look like mega robots. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. But the Eternals cast is just fucking magnificent. You got Angelina Jolie as Thena, who in the comic books is the cousin of Thanos. So there's another another potential, like, just my cousin. I didn't think anything of it type thing. I don't know. They're Eternal, you know, how much really pops up on their radar. Uh, Selma Hayek, who is phenomenal, she'll be playing Ajax. What was, what's, uh, what's she? I recognize her name, but I can't think. Of uh, you maybe recognize her from Grown Ups. Oh Adam no, I recognize her from. Um, uh, oh, she's been in a bunch of stuff. Like, she's been in a ton of stuff. I just threw out a very, very random one. Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've also got Gemma, uh, Gemma Chan, who will play Cersei, who has been said to be the main character of this, if there is anyone to take from it. Cersei. Spy Kids. That's what I know her from. <laughs> Spy Kids. <laughs> uh, Richard Madden, who played Rob Stark, will be playing Icarus. And then Kit Harrington will be playing Dane Whitman, who is the Black Knight. So he'll be playing a roughly Game of Thronesy. Do we know when this takes place in the MCU? I'm, I'm thinking it's po- I think it's modern day MCU. I think it's supposed to be like modern timeline. Well, yeah, it's the it's the first movie of Phase Four, so I mean, I assume they've got. Are, gotta... are any of these usually on Earth, or are they all off planet? I don't know because if they are mainly on Earth, how are they going to bring them into this story and be like, yeah, we just had this massive war on Earth, you know? Yeah, it's, it's saying that they they've secretly lived on Earth, so like. They have to hide? Do they have to hide their identities? Or... For some reason, apparently. Uh, Who's to say? Maybe half of them got snapped away. That's true, but you would think the other half would know of the Avengers, for one. You would think at least one of you would hear it. We would hear about one of them. Like if, yeah, I don't know. If there was this group on Earth that are eternal, the only way they can die is to be murdered. And they all have superpowers, and they're like gods. If I did Superman on Earth during Infinity War and hmm. we, we figured out that we had a Superman on Earth and we didn't use him? Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I feel like Marvel has to be predicting these sorts of... Because like, this is like obviously a, a major criticism like of the placement of this movie and these characters. Well, it's a, it's a major criticism throughout everything. You yeah. know, like what we need to be able to do is separate you know this in our heads mm-hmm. i guess it's, it's just a movie you know like we need to understand the idea hadn't been written yet that's why they're not in the so when movie. is this that's all when is this movie i guess what's the lineup of movies before this like we have Doctor shang Strange, chi. wandavision this is this is the first one isn't it wait this, this is, is the second one after shang chi shang chi yeah oh really this so comes out in november strange before this no we do not or spider-man no, I think Spider-Man s- is in December. Um, 
What one? There's one more that comes out in November, right? That's just Eternals. Oh, Eternals comes out in November, okay. and then Eternals Black Widow movie? comes out next er, in a couple months. Okay, so Black Widow, Shang Chi, Eternals, Spider Man, Multiverse of Madness. Because it would make sense if, say, I don't know, maybe Shang Chi is what's going to introduce the multiverse, or maybe Eternals is what's going to introduce the multiverse. Like, I think we can more more specifically anticipate uh, introductions to actual Celestials being characters in Eternals. Is I is what I think we can probably expect a little bit more of. Hmm. Wow. I mean, That'd be my anticipation. I don't know though. Okay. I just I just like to have a definition, and the only definition they give for a celestial is powerful extraterrestrial cosmic beings. This is an alien race that influenced key events in human history for mysterious and unclear reasons. They were responsible for key human evolutionary events, such as the genetic offshoot races such as the Eternals, the Deviants, as well as the creation of the X-Gene, apparently. I feel like they just kind of wrote themselves a, like, like a, God. a hack. Like, they were just kind of like, ah, if, you know, we can't figure out what the fuck to do. Bring in the Celestials, they kill everyone, they we'll it. start over. <laughs> So they basically just play around with humans. That's what Pretty it seems much. like. It seems like they just use them as like their game. It's their pawns, you know? Like they don't really care what happens. It's just kind of like fun for them. Yeah, so, so it says the Celestials saw the human population as a useful pathogen to act as antibodies against the Horde, which I'm assuming is referring to the Deviants. Um, this discovery drove the Eternals mad, which either made them turn against each other or commit suicide. But that's that's all comic stuff, so that that obviously might not get adapted to the actual like MCU story of it. But hmm. well, that would be that would be the end of an eternal story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it would them finalize themselves. Yeah, I'm I'm interested Here's- to see what sort of disaster they concoct so soon after Avengers Endgame because it's like. That's my thing, is that I don't don't think we can, we're not going to be able to expect a Thanos-level threat, obviously. Obviously. I'm anticipating one of their own Mm. being the villain. But do you think that they're going to hint towards Thanos? Because Thanos' Thanos first appearance in the MCU is in 2012, like, in the first, the very first Avengers movie. Like, even if it is a 30-second, like, after-credit clip, like, are we even going to get... Like what? Because everyone's like, okay, Thanos is gone. We we've always known that Thanos was there since the very first Avengers movie, which gave you something to watch. Like at the very least, like even if you weren't watching a movie directly associated to that, like you knew in some way, shape, or form, eventually you would get to it. Like, do you think they're going to go for that strategy again? I mean, you would think you would think that this would be their Thanos. You know, like the mm-hmm. Celestials would be right. the new Thanos. Right. If they but if they're hopping in, if they're hopping in right away, I don't know. They got a lot of explaining to do for one. They have to bring a lot of nerd shit to regular level, which that's a lot. Like they have to introduce so much stuff and give it or put it on a level where kids can understand it. So at the end of the day, that's what they have to do. 
Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think they're doing that in a one movie. Like you, oh, really... I don't think they would be either. There, there is the potentiality. I've read that the the big bad, the next big bad, would be Kang the Conqueror, mm-hmm. who uh, obviously has not been adapted for the screen because he is not a villain who has yet been used. But in the comic books, he is a Thanos type beat. You know what I'm saying? He looks dope. He looks super dope, and he's spo- I, I believe he's supposed to be played by Jonathan. Uh, oh shit! What's his Majors? name? Jonathan Majors. Yes, Who's from that? Uh, uh, he's from uh, Witchcraft County. Oh okay, yeah, I know who you're talking. And about. Uh, Beale Street, that movie. Mm-hmm. I think he's in that too. Hmm. Wow. But what is uh? What's this dude's, like, his thing? I mean, he sounds like a conqueror. I couldn't tell you. I haven't read enough with Kang the Conqueror. The only stories I've read are, like, old X-Men comic books in which he's just a real small part of. Uh, I'll have to do some more... See, that's why, like, I think it would be fun to start doing some pre-reading for stuff that's coming uh, and kind of do it with the podcast. I think that'd be kind of a fun thing to do. Fun fact. Kane the Conqueror was ranked IGN's 65th greatest comic book villain of all time. Look at that. I would assume there's a top 100. Doesn't make our cut. Our top 64 bracket, Kane the Conqueror will not make it. No, because he has not appeared in the MCU. <laughs> That's also true. We could, this is only- early, we could do some like uh, light planning for that right now, actually. Mm. I, saw, I saw a tweet today. That was like one has to go. And it was Batman, Iron Man, Spider-Man, and Superman. And the uh, the large complaint that everyone had was like, well, obviously it's Iron Man that you get rid of. And the, But like what I didn't like was a lot of people making the assumption that Iron Man prior to the MCU was just some D-list hero That's too. True. Because – He's always been an Avenger, and he, he had two animated series before the MC. Don't get me wrong. Robert Downey Jr. and Jon Favreau are owed the world for uh, <laughs> for the for the way they treated Iron Man and stuff. But, I mean, and I mean, he certainly is one of the greatest superheroes of all time now because of that. But to, I, I, he's certainly not in the same, same tier as Batman, Spider-Man, and Superman, I wouldn't think. No. For one, Bat or Superman and Spider Man actually have legit powers. Two, if we're talking about people with no powers, Batman wins that fight uh, just every time. Um, and that's what it comes down to: is Superman and Spider Man aren't going anywhere. It's down to Batman and Iron Man, and that fight isn't. I mean, that's just obvious. Like, yeah, I, I, Iron Man's really not even like. I trained ever. I don't, I don't, maybe in the comics somewhere he is, but as far as I know, he built engines. He built a thing that allowed him to sustain, like, of, like being in a fight without learning what it would mean to, like, evade, to strategize and all that. Um, I'm just talking about the character in general. Yeah. Like, just if, if one of them just had to be a race from existence, I would pick Iron Man, even though he's probably one of my favorites in Marvel. Like, he's my top. Definitely top three. 
you know. Well, I don't know. Like when you like, obviously on the fighting side or the more physical side, I think Batman edges out Iron Man. Iron Man might be smarter than Batman, though. Oh, but, Iron Man definitely smarter than Bruce Wayne. But is he smarter in the fighting sense? Yeah, I don't know if he is tech. But is that all that matters? Like, uh, it, I guess he just has someone who can. All I, when it problems. comes to Batman, when it comes to Batman, no one matches his resilience or his practical tactical. Batman is tactical. Brilliance. Very. I saw a clip today that describes it perfectly. It was him and uh, Wonder Woman. Wow, I don't know why I blanked so hard. I was trying to combine her real name with just her. Gotcha. Nickname, yeah, yeah. whatever. They're uh, up on a roof watching, like, uh, the entrance of, a, like, a ballroom or something, like, you know, a club, but for richer people. Yeah, I get you. Um, and they see people coming out as couples, and, like, Diana's all like, you know, wouldn't you ever, like, just want to be like them, you know? Maybe with someone special. Like, she was hinting, like, you know, can we go on a date? Like, basically, she was trying to say. And then Batman was just like, No. Dating amongst the team is not allowed. One, they my enemy will stop at nothing before they get to me through them. Two, There's- like, it's just, like, he just listed off, oh, and he's like, two, I am a, you know, something-something billionaire who has a lot of issues, a lot of issues. Or something. I saw like, that. Like, I it's saw just that. like, it just, Batman, <laughs> he is in it for being Batman, like. He's not messing yeah. around. He is strictly business. Which like, brings me to the topic of Robert Pattinson's upcoming Batman. I am so excited. That's going to be yep. really fucking good. I am I, so I showed, excited. I had to show, because I was, me and Claire got into a conversation about it, and I was like, I need to show you good time with the Robert Pattinson movie, just to show, like, the, the, the range that that man has, because it's that Twilight thing. I don't know. I don't know how to uh, explain the, the twilight stigma but getting out of it like good time is like a testament to what he is capable of which honestly gives me a lot of confidence for his batman oh, oh good, and that's where most of my confidence for him comes from you know uh he's he's i mean he was good as edward cullen and stuff it's just that like how good could he really be i mean no i mean people how hate good pe- could he really people be? love to hate those movies the role didn't uh, yeah. let him shine yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's true. And I think uh I think Matt Reeves is gonna just fuck just fucking kill it. And the fact that he the same guy creating this movie is creating the new Batman animated series. Oh, there's a new animated series. It's coming up Mark and it's uh, by him and JJ Abrams. I swear. Oh, he better Ooh. be in there. Ooh. Well, that's the thing is that the way they've they've uh, they've pitched it is like it's a reimagining of the Batman mythology. So it's going to be it's going to it's going to give us our classic. I'm assuming it's going to give us our classic villains. But I I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to uh, move away from what they've done in the past, like a Mark Hamill Joker and stuff like they're trying to with the really animated show or the movie whole or new both. thing. Uh, don't get me wrong with the animated show. Uh, I don't think we'll be getting Joker in the movies. Because of like Joker two and the whole Todd Phillips, I really, Joaquin this, Phoenix DC thing going needs on. Some structure, uh, you know, they really need some structure. Like, yeah. 
it seems like this is the closest they're going to get to it too with this with these with this Matt Reeves universe because, like, is uh, the impression I get because Robert Pattinson just inked a deal with Warner Brothers for like a while. That's good to be. I Batman, mean, it's essentially it's kind of weird because I'm wondering that- like DC has this ability to go anywhere they want whenever they want. MCU they got to kind of stick to what they're doing. You can't you can't mess up a code like, yeah. or. You can't just have one movie as a money, you know, like DC probably puts out every movie as a money grab. You know, that's what they're thinking. But like Marvel, they have to like keep it going. Like, they. Well, what I'm thinking is like Marvel's obviously become arguably too big to fail. Like they have, they have just like gained such a, a like a, a fan po- a base that like they have to telepath years in advance to be like this well, is the, the way everything is going to go dc though i think the the justice league Zack snyder cut kind of proved a lot of things for dc and what they should do because like doing sort of like the disjointed approach might even be more um i guess palatable Ooh. for the way that they have come to tell stories because like you get like you get a certain director with a certain script and a certain character, and he does wonders. But then you put that same director with a different character, and it's awful. Um, so, like, I'm wondering, like, because, like, like Aquaman, right? That was a, that was a good DC film. But um, what comes out before Aquaman? Was that Batman versus Superman? Was that Seems the one right. before Aquaman? Uh, yeah. yeah um, or maybe even was the original Justice League. But, like, those were, like... Sort yeah. of not as a claim, like they, they they just like didn't get the same sort of response because there's like so many flaws or whatever with the story. Um, and so like it, all of those were attempts to do what Marvel has already done, right? Which is build this really robust universe with all these different characters acting in different parts of it. Um, but what if they didn't? What if they just hopped around universes and timelines That's and also I built to that multiverse? That's yeah. what I want. I want all these. I don't see a problem with not having continuity. Like what if they treated their movies and their shows like comic books? Each of them was their own thing. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. Like obviously you have comic book runs, but you'd have, you'd have a television series for that. Once that concludes, you can, you could do another Batman if you wanted. I mean, you don't have to do Batman. There's tons of DC characters do your own thing, but it's like you, you don't have to be afraid to go back right. to the well. And, and think about what, what was strong about the Dark Knight trilogy. Like, what was strong about that is that it was a self-contained story about Batman sustained over three movies removed from any other, like, dealings you with know, characters that, in the DC uh, universe at large. DC's and, biggest uh, flaw is that they have it perfectly set up to treat movies like comic books where they can do whatever, tell whatever story, whatever character doesn't have any impact, but they don't tell the comic book story. They tell the Hollywood story. There's, there's yeah, like, they don't it, do good at it. Yeah, they don't. The MCU, it, it's, there's a reason it's called the Marvel cinematic universe. There's a difference between the comics and these movies. It's just how it is. There's an innate difference. They don't go as dark. You know, it's, it's, just Hollywood up. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, it's Disney. And like, though, bottom line, like that's that's what it's become. DC, and I mean, and you have no continuity. 
You have nothing, really. Like, you might as well. Like, pick a side. They're, 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 it, it seems like they're going, trying to do both at the same time, and it's just not working. Right. Well, it, it, they're trying to, I feel like they're trying to please, like, their grassroots fans at the same time. They're trying to appeal to, like, a younger, less informed base. But, like, it, you can either, you can either do Justice League or you can do Justice League Snyder Cut. And it's like their first choice is obviously going to be Justice League, the original cut, but that is going to have a bunch of flaws. And it's like, um, I'm thinking too about Watchmen. Like Watchmen came out years before any of these and Watchmen, like, is that really? Yep. Oh yeah. And from what I know of it, I'm going to be honest. Like I never even made it through that whole thing just because I don't know the Watchmen story, but I feel like if I did have like more of a basis for that movie, like, and, and from what I remember, like, that movie got really good, like, critical sort of um, response to it. But yeah. nobody watched it, really. Well, the thing is, is that it got it got a decent critical response, but, like, people fucking hated that. Yeah, exactly. It was, but, uh, I, and I watched it, and it was, it was all right. It's, uh, it's not comic book, uh, loyal completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of shot for shot stuff straight from the comic books, but, uh, the Watchmen in the comic books, a lot of them don't have superpowers. They're just good at fighting. And in the uh, in the movie, they're fucking punching through walls, like brick, brick walls, and kicking dents in stuff they should... Like, they have super strength. Like, they upped everything to make it so that it was more powerful and more... Yeah. Like that. And then there's also this weird... There's also this weird twist at the end of the Watchmen comic book story that, like, in a time like 2009 would not have been palatable to the, uh, to mm-hmm. the, uh, you know, viewer of a, of a blockbuster film. But what I like about the Watchmen series is they, it's a sequel to the comic book. It is not a sequel to the movie. So mm-hmm. the history of the, like of the past events is what happened in the comic book, not what happened in the movie. So the movie diverged from the comic book in a really big way at the end. Interesting. And a lot does, of people does the weren't. show does the show like tell the story at all of like the of that history like or does it just kind of assume it? Well, it's actually really fascinating. They actually do enough to allude to it that you don't need to know anything about it. Uh and you'll understand enough of the background. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Uh cuz like Doctor Manhattan, like they speak on his history a lot because he's the he's the biggest mm. part of the Watchmen, the blue guy. You That's know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, other than that, like the history, the history of them is a, is addressed uh, a, a plenty. One of the uh, one of the characters in the show is one of the characters from the original comic book. It's just like twenty or thirty years later or something like that. I can't remember how. I can't remember the exact time jump there is, but. Uh, I have the actual graphic novel if either of you ever want to read it. You won't have to buy it anywhere. You can just borrow that shit from me. And uh, after you read that, watch the Watchmen series because holy fucking shit. Are you thinking you, – do you think after it's better to watch it and like read it then watch it or – Yeah, yeah. It doesn't uh, It doesn't ruin anything for the sequel any of or for the series I haven't seen the movie. The I've only doesn't... seen Dr. Manhattan or Mr. Manhattan. I've only seen Dr. Manhattan in me. Dr. Manhattan. That is it, dude. Those comic book pages too are fucking. He just looks like a Dr. cool Manhattan. character. 
he is he's a very fascinating character and actually I would fucking love to be able to talk to you guys about that that comic book series and that show specifically that show because uh it's fucking good yeah no I remember um, when you were watching it you were like this is like the best show I've ever seen it was flooring me like it's one of the best wow. seasons of television I've ever watched well, now in you're my gonna life. make me watch it before mm-hmm. I read it it was incredible. I'll probably I mean you don't you it. don't have to read it first that's yeah, the I'm, thing I'm, I'm not saying that you you have I'm probably to. gonna start it tonight, yeah you could being honest you should the main the main character is uh, uh Regina Regina King uh who's just a legend oh yeah yeah I've, I've rewatched the boondocks about a month ago with Claire Regina King is just fucking insane. Like we're just touching on all these things throughout the Penny Bloom history. We talked yeah. about Batman for a for a for a spell. You know, we had the Batman binge, where we talked about Batman and Robin, the Dark Knight trilogy. We're, now we're touching on Regina King and the Boondocks, and we 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 had a Huey Freeman Christmas back in July. Oh yeah, no, I'm thinking I've been I've been kind of uh, wanting to do some more Boondocks episodes. Honestly, I think we we should we should get. Get we need to return to we need to return to our episode breakdowns oh. of random shit like oh, Rick and Morty and Bojack oh, Horseman. Please. Even if you guys want, and then I'll actually don't get mad, don't get mad. I'll We've actually few... watch like Boondocks maybe like, if we want to talk about it. I've never seen it. Boondocks, Boondocks. is really really good. It's fucking hilarious. Like you're gonna be like, should I be laughing? And then you're gonna <laughs> realize this is just That's so good. funny. Like <laughs> you're gonna be uncomfortable to laugh, and then you'll be like. Okay, okay, yeah. This is what they want me to do. This is what they want me to do. That's what they, <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of funny watching it with, like, Claire because uh, she hadn't seen it either. And it, she it, she kind of, like, very, like, at some moments, like, it was, like, almost visible, like, how, like, she was like, should I? Like, is that, like, I'm just dying <laughs> laughing. And she's just kind of like, am I, like, allowed <sighs> to? <laughs> just, like. <laughs> There's so yeah. many things. Like, and what's funny is, like, every relevant thing in that show, like to life in general that like I think of, I cannot say, I cannot talk about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I cannot say it. Like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I'd love to talk to someone about this, but I can't. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, it really, it really speaks to the, I think the level of that show. Cause like I was, I had a, I had a, a realization a while ago. You know how fucking awesome it would be to be the creator of the Boondocks, to be Aaron Magruder? Like, you created the Boondocks. You can sit down now. Like, you've created, like, what is arguably, like, the best, like, um, like, cross-cultural adaptation of black culture, um, in, in a, like, large media sense. So, like, there is not much distinguishing boondocks from like it an looks anime like, an anime, like a, yeah. just a typical anime and yeah. even, it looks like an anime they have fights like an anime they have like the story structure is set up like a slice of life anime like it's all it's all the same thing and then on another level it dominates the adult cartoon industry in the united states which is like not different from the anime industry but also like both of these places the anime and adult cartoon industry are like eerily like, like the boondocks is kind of like the only sort of like black contribution to that. Um, and obviously there've been more in recent years. If you haven't seen the, the Mike Tyson show, um, Mike Tyson and the, I can't even, I don't even remember the name. That thing's fucking hilarious. Mike Tyson is like, 
just watch, just watch one episode. Mysteries. It's, it's, I'm tired of thinking about it. Yeah, and the mysteries, something. Yeah. They're just like 20 minute episodes. They're real short, but they're just like the most, like, you will, without a doubt, like, like, it is, it is a good episode. End of last year. Yeah, it is. Oh, it did? It just says from 2014 to 2020. Usually they say ongoing. It says final episode date. I don't know if that means like done done or or what. Okay, yeah, that must have ended it. I mean, it is Mike Tyson. You know, there's other things. It's got a four point nine out of five stars. It's. it's Do you guys remember when Mike Tyson said he was smoking one thousand pounds of weed a month? I believe it. I didn't believe it until I watched the show. <laughs> and I'm like, this man had to be on some shit, like, in order to come up with this. What a story. <laughs> and just, like, the self-awareness that he has. A pound a day? Is that what he says in his songs? I often smoke a pound, an ounce a day? Often smoke uh, probably a pound an ounce. A day. I feel like a pound is quite a I think an ounce a day. A pound day. is quite a bit. That's yeah. probably, that's why I think probably I think what he said. An ounce is about okay, 28 months. That That's only if you put it. I think. Yeah. Okay. If Wiz smokes an ounce a day, and there is what twenty seven ounces, twenty eight ounces, twenty eight grams, twenty eight grams. Okay, wait, how ounce. many ounces are in a pound? Sixteen. Yeah, right. Like he's smoking 16. a thousand 16. pounds yeah. of weed in a month. Yeah. Like what's like, what's twenty eight times sixteen? Like Wiz doesn't smoke. That's almost that's like, four hundred and fifty blunts a day. Wiz probably smokes. <laughs> bro, bro like lives in a hot a box. Pound every two weeks. No, he's just he just puts he just puts giant blow torches and fans <laughs> in every room in his house, and he just burns weed. So he just walks around it. Wait, do any of you know how many minutes are in a day? <laughs> how many minutes are in twenty four hours? Whatever. That Sixty times twenty four. No, thirty six hundred. No. 70. Uh, 14, 1440. So 1440 minutes a day. Let's say it takes 20 minutes to smoke a blunt. Divide that by 20. All right, you got Blunt's 72, um, 72 sessions in a, in a, in a yeah, day. Right. <laughs> and that's just, that's just you for 24 like, hours straight Wiz. rolling. Wiz, he wakes up. Smoking. Wiz and Snoop, I would say, are the two that wake up. That's what they do. All day. Okay, true. And yeah. Seth Rogen. I would say Rogen, an like, ounce every two weeks. And that's... And now we're on weed. Now we're on weed. For a I'm pound. You, no, I'd say a pound every two pound. weeks. <laughs> is probably what Wiz and Snoop go through. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, I can, I can see that. I can see that. Because, like, you got to think, too. Like, I, I think Seth, Seth Rogen probably does chief about as much as them. But you got to think, like, Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa have completely different, like, um, well, personas, like, social personas than Seth. Like, nobody's really going to care if Seth Rogen comes in smelling like weed. But, like, Seth Rogen is probably going to places where, I don't know, like, it, it seems like he wouldn't, like, he couldn't be high, you know, just with his, like, line of profession. Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa are going around all day going to interviews. They can be stoned as fuck. They're just... No, this, is, this is hilarious, actually. I listened to a... I listened to a podcast with Seth Rogen, and on it, he, uh... <laughs> they were like, so, have you, uh... Have you ever... 
you know, acted in a scene high. And he goes, oh, I, I act exclusively high. Are you serious? Yeah. 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 He was like, he's like, I do not, I do not act sober. That's actually not something that happens, you know. So, uh, apparently on Joe Rogan, Wiz Khalifa said that he, in fact, smokes about an ounce a day. Ah, that's cool. That's fair. I think that makes sense. That makes sense for Wiz Khalifa. 28, 28 blunts Yo, a day. That's, that's light work for Ooh. Wiz Khalifa. Yeah, and like to be honest, to be honest, he's probably he probably stuffing some thumbs. Like not gonna lie, he's putting he's putting about about a three point five two 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 point five in in the How? in the joint. What like percent of the day they don't smoke blunts, so... but like because like, there's got to be the in between, like. The, or do you yeah. think he's he the start well, of the come down? He's the like in between no. walk. Like, <laughs> I feel like. I mean, if you're smoking twenty eight blunts in a day, you're probably he hasn't been sober. I mean, you're high the whole fucking. Yeah, okay, no, that's, that's, that's the thing. Okay, twenty eight joints. My bad. Do you think he's? You, you got to think sober. about how tolerance works too, though, because. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. When is the last time do you? Th- mm. When's the last time you think he has <laughs> not smoked a, in a day? A, well, I'm never- do you think he's gone a day without smoking in the last ten years? Oh yeah, Certainly. yeah. I, if if he goes to like Japan or something, there's no way to get weed there. Like, like if you, if he goes perform in Japan, like boy has his own. Honestly, strength. yeah, he probably has edibles or something. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, like, for, like <laughs> legal purposes, like, there's, like, you definitely cannot get weed okay. into Japan through, like, you can't just pull up customs. Five ounces. And then I don't... Be like, all right, this is just my trip for Japan. <laughs> just a couple days. Yeah, just five. Just five days. I, I saw something that said, like, a gram of weed can go as high as $90 in Japan. 90 a gram. That's That's nine times the price here. This is the uh, that's the concern with uh and, and well that's the concern I have with uh the uh, commercialization frankly but once it's all no yeah no it's insane like federal then it's just going to drop we're going to see a rise but then we're going to see a <laughs> when the competitive market kicks in whenever it starts to get competitive mm-hmm. people are like oh I'm not going to win here anymore like this person selling it for regular prices like a normal human go to them have, have, have yes, you all heard about the, like the, the cousin of THC or something like that? Yeah, the, the cousin of THC of, of Delta Nine THC, which is the main oh. psychoactive component of marijuana. Um, its cousin, which has the same chemical makeup, apparently. I got a D in pre AP Chem, so don't don't grill me on the chemical makeup, but. It, it, it is two thirds as potent as Delta 9 THC, right? And so normal marijuana has both of them, right? Um, I actually, actually have, I have looked quite a bit into this. So if you remember in 2018, the farm bill gets passed. And I, I remember the farm bill is like this weird thing that people talked about in debate, like for no reason at all. Um, the farm bill actually legalized uh, the manufacturer maybe or the use or something to do it, it, it lessen the regulation on hemp um basically as, as a, 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 a to utilize that for different purposes um and so you can extract delta 9 thc from um or 
you you can make it look like hemp because it's only it only has um, as long as you have below 0.3 percent of THC nine and whatever substance it is, it qualifies under the Farm Bill, which says that you can have hemp which has no more than 0.3 percent of THC nine in it, um, delta nine. So yeah, basically people just started they figured out how to uh, take delta eight and extract it put it into shit and now they sell it in about just every form you can imagine so the uh, a couple like a month or so ago had no had had no way had no had no plugs had no plugs and no, no one no one banging my line you know um so i hit up the smoke shop there's this place in liberty called happy rock um and i walk in i'm just like hey you got that delta eight like, yeah, yeah, man, we got the we got the the buds, the 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 wax, the concentrate, the edibles. We got the the vape pens. We got every every version imaginable. <laughs> and I ended up I ended up buying a quarter of of, of Delta Eight that night. Um, and you want to know for 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 half the price of a quarter of actual wheat. And I was like, that's absolutely insane. For two thirds potency, like I don't know, I, and you know, I smoked it, and it was about two thirds. It was about two thirds. It felt like it felt like you, like if you were going here, here, and then here, you went here, <laughs> here, and then you almost, and you just never really yeah. got there. But it was still something, you know. Hmm. I feel so. it, it, it. It is definitely something that I think people can like. It'll it'll really like I'm interested to see once we see like full federal legalization or even just like like complete state regulation what it looks what the market looks like with so many different options like so many options I, I when I went to Las Vegas there was this place it, it said it was the largest dispensary in in the United States it was called um, Planet Planet something. <laughs> Planet Weed. Let's call it Planet Weed. Um, factory. It was. It was like a warehouse. It was huge. It was like it was massive. I couldn't go in, obviously, because I was twenty-one. But from what I heard about the person that we did send inside, shit was like it was a mall full of weed. Can Can you even think of that? Oh my god! <laughs> I, I mean, that's what it's gonna be like. Shit's though. insane. I, I know what we're gonna do for <laughs> like, my birthday. I I fully believe in like. 30 years like it is going to be so like weed will be like more accepted than alcohol i think alcohol once weed is recognized and everything like you know the old people die out whatever i mean that's what it comes down to we're just waiting kind of for people to die out but honestly like when people start realizing like wait like this isn't actually bad for you and alcohol is like really bad for you, like at all. And we mm-hmm. like there's Very been bad. two amendments over alcohol. The only thing in the cons- or the Bill of Rights that involves two things other than slavery, I would say, the issue of civil rights. I'd say it's the only the is the only thing in the Bill of Rights that has two things referring to it. Alcohol is one of them. Like that's kind of crazy, and like. The fact yeah. that if you get caught with X amount of weed, you're going to jail forever. But if you have like a trunk full of Everclear, like it's just like, oh, 
cares? It's all right. It's all right. Kung Fu Everclear could that's true. could kill an that's entire true. community. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, would, would your you car count as a as a bomb at that water point? supply and just dump <laughs> no, that shit out? Like, I, I just. <laughs> Yeah. And the cops would have the cops wouldn't have given a shit because it was just ever clear. Imagine if you just had a trunk full of t- oh, just weed. That is, you that have is a flower true. in your trunk that grows naturally and it's actually healthy in most ways. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take you to jail forever. But this guy, who's probably drunk, <laughs> you know, has children who's driving home on the road in a truck drunk. We'll give you, you know, a DUI. You can just pay for it. Yeah, just don't worry about You'll it. You'll keep your job, though, if deal. you're white. I don't know. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Humans have yeah. our priorities in it's, the wrong it's place. The, the, the justice system. I think, I think the whole, and we might have, I, 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 I think I have a memory of talking about this at some point on one of the episodes we did, but, like, the stigma against drugs itself, I feel like, is the most dangerous part of drugs. And, and, and like, most most primarily about like speaking about that term itself like the way that it gets used is typically exclusive of substances such as um nicotine or such as alcohol such as because they've been made right socially or, or like legally um uh like tenable like these are things that are okay and accepted in society and thus they are not thrown into the drug category so like we have to like rethink the way that we even use the word drugs i feel like because so many people are gonna like when they do legalize marijuana say that's a drug that's bad not realizing like i guess the the stigma attached to that word like it's an education thing like we're brought up in there like afraid of weed and alcohol and it's like this is the gateway into bad life Yo, I thought yeah. I thought that if I smoked weed, I'd do crack. <laughs> That's what they made you think. It's like I was like I was like I was like mom. I was like mom. <laughs> CW. He told me today. He told me today that uh that it's a no go. It's a no go on the weed. <laughs> no go. <laughs> I do weed. I do weed. I drink alcohol. I drink alcohol. I do cocaine. I do cocaine. It's I smoke crack. Okay. It's the net. It's just <laughs> cocaine is crack. Just how it goes. <laughs> No, <laughs> but I was eight. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. was eight. So it, that is weird, man. Like, okay, I get what they're doing. Like, you know, it's kind of weird when you think about it. It's kind of like I don't know. Like, we have sex ed, and that's weird. You know, we do it while we're young. Like, maybe a, you know, a, I guess instead of making you deathly afraid of them, we actually. That's don't true. have sex. Yeah, I don't know. Joe. I well, don't know. Think about why you're even deathly afraid in the first place. Why are cops? Why are cops coming into public schooling institutions and teaching us about drugs? Like what? What expertise does a cop have that your 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 <laughs> teacher couldn't <laughs> like? I, yeah. It's propaganda. <laughs> I, I'm, let me let me be honest real quick though. Like. Education majors, the wildest motherfuckers you'll meet in college. I've never met an education major who doesn't Especially absolutely right now, go like, insane on the weekends. Like, if I'm a kid, <laughs> yeah, like I don't want a I don't want a cop coming in and talking to me about anything. Especially right now, 
No. Like, can you imagine like having a cop coming in and being like, yeah. "Kids, I, I'm, I'm above your teacher. I'm above your Listen parents. To me. This is I know I know drugs. I took an oath above the law to not have kids smoke weed. I don't know. Yup. Yeah, my brother, my brother came home from school and I saw him the other day in a dare, dare shirt. He ran up to me. Goes, he goes, Colton. <laughs> I have drugs on my shirt. Yeah, good one. Good he one. Gave that look. He gave me that look like. <laughs> so, how many times how many times do you think that joke was made? I was like, I was yeah, like kid, I, kid, I'm, I'm doing actually, drugs tonight. Like <laughs> doing drugs. In fact, I did drugs before I came like, up here. A couple seconds before we were saw each other right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> that oath I took as a dare student, it's long gone. Get okay. I'm high as fuck. I put I put a, I put a dare sti- I, I was going through my baby book a couple months ago, and I found the dare sticker bumper sticker that they give you. Proud parent of a dare graduate. <laughs> Slap that thing on my car uh, immediately. <laughs> wow. I don't. I don't know if the irony of like saying the future, I get pulled over and like my car might smell like weed or something. Like if like the cop will find it funny or not? Probably not. Last last cop I came into interaction with, um, uh, about weed, called me Cheech and Chong. Wow. Um, so yeah, they they have wow. a funny bone when it comes to, um, you know, citing people is for. This is a strategy weed. that hasn't been tapped into. <laughs> you just put like the American flag with the blue stripe, whatever, whatever that's called, on the back of your car, only just in the case you get pulled line. over. You don't believe in it. You know, you don't believe in whatever that is, but you just do it. But you are, regardless, like, you are, you are, you are feeding the fire. Yeah, you are, you are that's, giving, that's you true, are giving true. recognition to. Do the you very think thing. the likelihood you of a ticket? It's, it's like down. in the in the in the sixth. Probably goes down. Probably down, down for down. sure. Down, down yeah. yeah, if you no, have it to goes like, down, you, it goes down all the way. I think like I think if a cop like I mean fair, unless you're fair. doing some serious serious fuck shit like if you're going ten over though and normally a cop pulls a person over for going ten over but you have a thin blue line on the back of your car I'm willing to bet you get off. Yeah, I mean think about it like the like, like they're like, gonna come up and they're just gonna <laughs> the, the FBI infiltrates <laughs> the the FBI infiltrates the civil rights movement like on a massive scale like there are probably still people that were like undercover operatives in the nation of Islam or in like the um, uh, South Georgia, like Christian union or whatever that were trying to like, like get out Intel or just sort of have a presence in there and not be known. Like, I mean, I'm saying that might be a useful strategy. (laughs) We're already in war. That's, that's what's the problem. (laughs) There are like a lot of missiles that are, Well, here's the thing, is that that it's like, what, 265 years of the United States as a country existing? We have been at war for like 240 of them. It's like... Are you serious? Yeah. Like, look that up. How many years of its history has the United States been at war? It's like... It's like you know, I've gone an record, overwhelming percentage. I will percentage. say it till the day I die. If I was ever given 
the off switch for humanity. I would not take a second guess. I'm turning it off. Not like <laughs> you, have, you have said that before, right here on the podcast. We do not deserve where we are at. We just don't. Oh my! Like we are we so treat the earth shitty. Like shit. We are so shitty. Like there, are, okay. There are still people on. There are still people on the planet don't have water, don't have a home, don't have families most of the time. There are still people on the planet that are still suffering. Whoa! I think it's better. I think it's gone. Anyway, there are still people that are suffering from things that sh- they should not be suffering from. Absolutely. Hunger should not be a problem at all. We have food that's being thrown out. We have so much. The, just think about the amount of food restaurants throw away a day. If you could grab all that food, put it in one place, yeah. just imagine the sheer amount of food we're throwing away. Obviously, we can't just teleport that food to Af- you know, like to Africa or somewhere where it's needed like super or, easily. But like, or you know, hungry people in America even. You you want to know something something really funny about like just this topic in particular is that like honestly what I feel like needs to happen is like nobody is in a position to care like nobody nobody is even in the right space to even like be like we should do something and you know obviously they're independent people who do things I was I went to an entire debate tournament. Where the topic in in February of 2020, right? This was right before COVID. Right before COVID, I go to Las Vegas for a debate tournament. This is like a one-off tournament. The topic is what to do about food waste in casinos. And so they have casino food workers come judge us, people who know nothing about debate or that. To be frank, these were kind of dumb people. Um, um, we, we go to this tournament and like we our argument is that no, 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 no. We we don't need to be focusing on the food waste. We don't need to be focusing on what gets made at the casinos and then gets thrown away. We need to be focusing on the overproduction of food in the first place because, like, we are ruining um, all of our land, basically, by producing a bunch of food, and then it goes to waste because the rules of, ca- of just capitalist selling, it, it says that if you don't sell it, then it goes to – go somewhere else and that's really the food that we're like wasting um and so it's about like figuring out a more efficient way to create production um like systems of production of food um we we actually end up going oh three and walked out of that tournament before the last round <laughs> because all of the judges just told us like they're like i don't know what that has to do with like me like as a food worker in a like what can i do and i'm like listen so you guys were like so you guys were like this tournament or this debate is a sham <laughs> yeah. yeah no well the problem is like w- w- the way that people even think about it in the first place like they think that this has nothing to do with you and that's what's caused nothing to happen about it like everybody says everybody can be once removed from the problems of farmers who don't sell enough, who don't sell all of, all of their stock. Like that is not like a problem exclusive of your position. It's just a problem that you isn't as visible to you. You know, um, if, if I think if I could do anything I wanted, right. If I had unlimited resources, I could do whatever I wanted. This is how I would try to fix earth. I would almost kill everyone. 
So you'd go Thanos. I'm not, not gonna really. lie. I, I would let everyone know that they could die right now. Like, and I have the full ability to. I would let everyone know. I'd say, there's this button right here. If I press it, you are dead. And trust me, I don't give two shits if I press it or not. Like, I, I'm making so, it known that I don't care if I die. So everyone, you better appreciate every single goddamn thing you have. If I, like, I'm, that, that's basically what I'm just threatening, like. So, so what you're telling me is, if you have all the resources in the world. Okay, obviously I could just fix all problems, you do that's is too easy. That's too easy. If I had all the resources, I would just use all the resources to fix every problem. But obviously, it, we would have done that by now if it were that easy. True. I mean, you can't really just put one person in charge and just be like, all right, food here, here. It's the yeah. whole world. That's like seven. Exactly. That's 7.6 billion people. Are we like almost at eight? Like, like what's like? Are we like growing? I don't know. I feel like, are we going to hit eight bill in our life? Are we growing or are we showing? Seven point six seven four billion right now. In two thousand, it was six point one billion. Wow. Yeah, we growing fast. Billion in twenty years as a humanity. But what I think I would like to have everyone know is that if we had an inspector, an off-world third-party alien inspector come in and be like, take a look at the human race. How are we doing? You know, how well, are we doing right now? They would they would like watch one episode of The Masked Singer and be like, <laughs> these people are fucking crazy. <laughs> Burn it. Seven, my 700-pound life or whatever. Like, No, they bro. Would see- they watch that one clip. Of the masked stinger where Kermit the Frog pops out of that motherfucker and everybody goes crazy. And I promise you, our our planet is dust. Like, if we were, if, if the Rick and Morty episode of Show Us What You Got was real, we die so fast. We're dead. We'd put, we'd put Lil Nas up there and say, do your thing. <laughs> Who do we nominate? Who do we nominate? At the moment, at that. the moment, Lil Nas X and Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Olivia Rodrigo is, is that the girl that made driver's seat? Driver's license, yeah. Driver's. At the moment, <laughs> that's what we got. At the moment, we have okay. Lil Nas X. Okay, yeah. this is a this may be a hot hot hot. This may be a hot take. I didn't like that song. I I listened to it. I was like, I, I saw something like months ago. It was like number one song like in the world. I listened to it. I was like, kind of boring. Kind of boring. I, I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't. There's there's this difference between a number one song and like just a good song. Mm-hmm. Like you can hear the difference between a number oh, yeah. one song and just another song to come out. I didn't get that with Driver's License. Like mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I didn't hear like this is. This is not a number one song to me. I don't know. Like Old Town Road. Old Town Road, you know that's a number one song. Like you can just hear it. Oh, so what you're saying is Driver's License wasn't traditionally poppy. I guess. I don't know. There was something about the song that I was just like, I don't know. I don't – usually every number one song everyone can sort of like, but I just – I didn't. Even, I don't know. I don't listen. You know, to the, and song. this isn't an unpopular take. I've heard this. I've heard this on from numerous people. Uh, hmm. I, for one, really enjoyed that song, and I really enjoyed her whole album that just came hmm. out, uh, "Sour." It's actually 
that's an, another hot topic is uh like who was this person before this song right mm-hmm. yeah. like you we had no idea who this person was somehow they have a number one song they're famous now they have well, a, you know a following olivia it's- rodrigo was in like high school musical oh musical, really the series and Never she mind. Was, she's been like a child i guess, I guess like not specifically her this is a bad example of what i'm trying to get to but like there are a lot of people that just show up from nowhere like they're made to be you're, famous you're, you're talking industry plants like music labels hollywood like like these people the deep state. like the famous people that we see are, are crafted like uh, some of them for sure they are crafted okay yeah not all of them but like i don't know like i would say 70% at least are crafted well a like, lot of it a lot of it at a lot of it is smoke and mirrors you know they don't they don't tell us everything and like i guarantee i don't know let's just pick pick justin timberlake you know he's before our time i feel like no he was on snl and stuff damn i don't know I don't, what I'm, like, I don't know what I'm. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what. In sync. The boy. Nav. Nav is an industry plant. I don't know. Nah, I don't know what that's I'm trying. A good to... one. Nav probably is an industry plant. Mm. Well, I, I'm wondering also if it's like, if if like so like when we use words like industry plant, like we're almost giving too much credibility to the industry to even be this devious. What if it's a passive sort of operation? What if it's one where, like, you can sort of um, be a, a manufactured product of the industry by simply, like, engaging the industry in a certain way, right, to make yourself look and craft yourself in a certain way so that you are palatable to, quote, the industry, um, which then gives you the audience of the world at general or, like, at large? Oh, yeah. there's, certainly, there's certainly that, that on a huge scale. Uh, it even happens in acting and in, uh, mm-hmm. like, I'd say a good example of something like that would be uh, Donald Glover and Community. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, the you can tell that Atlanta is the type of stuff he wants to do, and it seems like he's always had the mind for yeah, but he's had to, you know, work his way to get there. He's had to work up. He's had to work work his way to that. So yeah. he had he has to do a sitcom. And don't get me wrong, yeah. I fucking love Community. Community is gas. Okay, uh, Community is fucking phenomenal, and he's one of the best characters in it. But it's like he clearly he's clearly always had this heart for conceptual shit. Mm-hmm. But you can't just jump straight to that. Sometimes you have to. That that, that is true. That is true, and it's it's weird that like sort of like. I feel like these more abstract creators are being given much more leeway in in this time. Like the Zack Snyder cut is a great example of it because like for what that movie is, like it is everything that is not mainstream. Like the original cut of that movie is in black and white. It's, it's four hours long. It like tells these very like deliberate superhero stories in a way that most people would find to be like, boring, like uninteresting, like Mm -hmm. too over-involved, 
um, the same way that Atlanta, Atlanta kind of gets, um, cast as well for people who don't really give it a chance. I feel like people who, um, actually, I don't actually know anyone who doesn't like Atlanta, who's seen it, but yeah, if someone were to not like it, they would say, Oh, this is just absurdity. This is, this, none of this makes sense. Um, there's no like stable grounding for the, for the story, for the plot. And, and uh, that is the art of it. That is, that is the essence. Well, and that's what, that's what's awesome about Donald Glover and what he's doing is that he wants to do innovative and out there and creative shit. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to do normal shit. And that's like reflected in his recent comments where people just ran away with them thinking Donald Glover was so anti cancel culture, da, 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 but when he was just actually talking about TV shows getting canceled from the air, not wait, uh, I didn't, I don't think I saw this. He tweeted, he tweeted the reason we're not getting like, uh, we're getting basic, basic creative shit in uh, on TV and stuff because everyone's afraid of getting canceled. And what he meant was that everyone is afraid of being canceled by their network, by their television network being canceled. But everyone was like, "What you think? You think you have to be censored to be funny? Da 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 da. You you just need to be funnier. Da da da. Yeah." And it's like, okay, so you clearly have never watched a thing with Donald Glover in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> that's actually really funny <laughs> because, like, that like that just shows kind of the pathology of cancel culture, and that it's 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 this very quick jump to conclusions, and jumping to conclusions in every scenario is gonna leave you missing information, which every time, yeah. His last album too, and is probably an even better example than Atlanta, than like what it would mean like for breaking. I don't, I, like I don't even remember the name. Like I don't. I, I think it was some code of numbers um, that he yeah. named that album. It was, it was like the date he dropped it. It was like three fifteen nineteen or something. Like yeah, that. right. Yeah, and that that like was a completely blank conceptual landscape, and I think that's represented well in the plain white album cover, but. Mm-hmm. You listen through those songs, you don't remember the songs. You just remember the evolution of the songs. You remember how you, you remember sort of what plays up against one another, the transitions that you hear in the songs, like the different um, uh, like uh, uh, sounds that he uses that are interesting. I'm thinking of I, I don't know the name of it. I was I think it was fifty three forty eight. I want to say, but That's where it's like in the background, it's like ah ah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 like that sound. Like, what even is that? I don't know. There's a song on that that's like straight up, like pop. It feels like where he's like, "Never be forget out the way." I'ma show y'all how to move this, yeah. I'ma show y'all how to move like this. I'ma show y'all how to move it. Ooh. You know that's, <laughs> that that shit hard as fuck. That shit's hard as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so different than everything else on that album. Like it doesn't. It's so it's so weird. But uh. Speaking of like the the transitions and stuff, that brings that that always every time that comes back up, I always think, you know, this is one step past what Tyler did on Igor. You know, what mm-hmm. I'm saying in terms of concept, like Igor, he clearly had an idea and a concept for what his album was, and he did it start to finish, front to back. If you listen mm-hmm. to it all in one sitting, it is a perfect meal. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And it felt like that's what he was going for with his last album a little mm-hmm. bit, except he wanted it to be a little bit more like, what the fuck is he doing? 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he he wanted it to he wanted you to he wanted you to think about why he did this and what what it was that made him do this and stuff. Like uh-huh. That. I actually watched a really interesting video but from Hip Hop DX the other week about um why Tyler the Creator, uh, 50 Cent and Kanye West are uncancelable. And it was actually a really good analysis about like how they, the, like these three artists in particular, like it, it, it respects how they've done it in different ways with very different philosophies towards cancel culture and towards their own art. But like they have never, I guess, um, been afraid to be vulnerable and they've always kind of been themselves in, in the public eye. The funniest <laughs> was if, if you watch that video, watch it for the 50 cent segment because like there are things I didn't know about 50 cent. <laughs> 50 Cent is a child, you know? <laughs> like, that man is, like, immature. Bro, he's learned everything at this point. You get shot nine times and and live, you get to do whatever the fuck you want for the rest yeah. of your life. That's Bro, fair. For my money. That's he fucking... Fair. 50 Cent said he would take Takashi 6 9 over his own son. Over his own son. <laughs> like, and his son responds... And he's like, what's crazy is his son, his son looks just like him. He looks like the pop smoke version of 50 Cent. But he's just like, uh, <laughs> did, did he just say he'll claim a rat over his son? Oh, yeah, I'm good on that, bro. <laughs> I'm good. Wow. Yeah, I guess the point I was trying to make, I got to think about it because I had to take a poop. That's why I had to go. It was turtling, so I had to go. I understand. I get it. Um, but I had some time to think on the toilet. And it got me thinking. Because, like, the point I was trying to make is, like, celebrities that we see today, they could be completely crafted from, like, day one. They could be told what to wear every day, what to tweet, what's everything. Like, every aspect of their life could be controlled in some way. Or maybe they're kind of wound up, you know, like a little toy, and then they're just set off. Something. Then it got me thinking, like, how can we really trust, like, anything? Like, anything like well, no. like whenever we vote this is an important question whenever we vote how do we know that that's what the like how do we know see right? that's the thing this 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 very very this question is exactly what fueled the last four fucking years you know what i'm saying this uh, like people are waking up you know it's not that people are waking up it's that people are bigger sheep than they've ever fucking been that's true at this that's point. true they d- like, because they don't know who to listen to they latch on to someone to listen to and follow them for dear fucking life that's what yeah. happens mm. like with like with QAnon. Mm-hmm. that that specifically is the exact thing you're talking about you know like in term that that person is peddling this bullshit to people telling you you do not you cannot trust anyone. Don't listen to anything except what I'm telling you. Yeah. That's harmful. Well, so in, in many this ways. Is actually something that I was thinking of on something that you said earlier, um, that statistic about how many people are on the earth, which is obviously easily accessible by a quick Google search. It'll tell you seven point however million or a billion. Um, is that even reliable? Because <laughs> is any statistic reliable? Because every statistic has it has a sample size, it has a population, it has like all of these um, all of these objective sort of distinctions, um, which mean 
how many people from the global south are not being counted in these world numbers of, of, of global citizens? Like, how many how many people are like we could very well be at eight billion already? Like, I would say, like obviously that's what the census is for, mm-hmm. but like there's a lot of approximation in the world population number, just because I mean the sheer amount of people that are dying right now and being born at the same time, like once you get to seven, once you get to the millions, like you have to start approximating. Like there's just, I guess that's not the point I'm trying to say is like, like that's just a fact, you know, or it's either right or wrong. And like, if it's wrong, it really doesn't matter at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, you know, like, but, well, if it's right, it doesn't matter either, honestly. That's true. That's true. But, like, I vote. How do I know my vote is doing anything at all? You know? Like, it is a, it is a faith in your democratic system. Like, that's kind of uh, crazy. That is kind of it crazy. Is a, it is it is instilling a deep faith in, uh, in, in your government in general. And uh, it's, it's – but it is a sacrifice that – you're going to have to make like it, you can't it, change it. <laughs> There's that's the thing. That is the thing is that this will always be how humans go until everyone is on equal playing ground. The fact that there has a government and it's existed and we were born into it. There's no way until something big happens and we revolt against the government again. Nothing will happen until that point. Yeah, you know? and that's like, that's yeah, that's that's exactly what I mean. The United States has made every concerted effort there is to make sure they can never be toppled. They that that is what they've done. They are all they do is do what they can do to continue to exist. It's kind of insane. Like, oh yeah, it's the, the sheer amount of things that are just out of our control. Like, yeah. Maybe that's the takeaway from all of it, is that there are going to be stupid-ass people, things that you just can't control no matter what you do, you know? So, so like, honestly, maybe that's what I'd do if I had every resource or I could telepathically tell a human, you know, tell the whole population something. Just stop giving a shit. (laughs) Just, Just cool out for a second. Honestly, why do you care if that guy and that other guy get married? We do. Yeah. Like we're arguing over the dumbest things, you know? Yeah. Like we are arguing over whether someone wants to be called he, him, she, like, does it matter? Like people do what they want. Are you kidding me? People be who they are. Are you kidding me? We're we're really talking about that whenever there are people starving to death every day. But what, what's what's crazy about this too is like what what do you do when like once you have this realization that nothing will happen until revolution occurs, what do you even do with that information? Because you look at what the U.S. government does to revolutionaries. Um, okay, <laughs> Assata Shakur is still exiled in Cuba. Um, and Martin Luther King, uh, who who wasn't really a revolutionary, I would say, until near the end of his life, and Malcolm X both get killed. Um, they're actually really great. Like, like probably one of the best documentaries I've seen in a, a very long time. Um, Who Killed Malcolm X on Netflix. Um, like, J. Edgar Hoover 
was like like he was trying to subvert the the uh the uh, like creation of a black messiah or someone that like that, that, that's why Hoover also ordered the death of Fred Hampton. Of Fred Hampton, of Huey Newton, all of that shit like like happens because of a revolutionary impulse, which means like you have to realize that like once once you realize that like revolution might be the only way to actually create change, that your life is inevitably in danger at that point. Like you have to, and your energy is government, despite you know to be a person like that. And that that very fact, the the very fact that the only way there will ever be change is by armed revolution vastly changed my perspective on the second amendment like yeah (laughs) yeah like here's the thing i was like i was like 17 and i was like fuck yeah take away all the guns but then i was like wait but then the they'll have all the guns (laughs) what do we do when they were like well we're gonna shoot you (laughs) well we're gonna shoot yo so me and me and kenton did a really cool uh um uh like social experiment um on a different topic um, in that same debate league, because we were hopping around debate leagues for a while, um, it was called social justice debate, and the topic was like reparations. <laughs> and so <laughs> we wrote this case where we said, "Give all the military arms to black and brown people." That's that's the plan. That's what like the United <laughs> States federal government hands over all of its arm, like all of its arms, all of its military weaponry to black and brown people. Um, the first Eric argument Gilmore out the gate. Killmonger in the show. Yeah, yeah, but like th- this was like it-, it was a bait. It was it was bait to see how people respond. And the first response is always, "Well, we can't have an all-out war." And we say, "Well, no, there is no war if you vote for us. Because if you vote for us, you hand over all the arms. Who? What is the military going to fight with? <laughs> they don't have weapons anymore. Why do you think that once the military is out of possession of the uh, most?" dangerous arms that somehow people would just decide to go start doing crazy shit. Um, And like, there's a lot of gray area there, but at the same time, that is a, that is a jump to make to say that we're going to have war. If the United States military loses its weapon. No matter. Okay. If guns are taken away from any one group at all, there is going to be war. Yeah, yeah. I mean, practically, I, I don't, there, there'll be. I don't, I don't think care. it'll get to that point. Obviously, if they're okay, here's what I'll say: If a white guy gets his gun taken away, there will be war, guaranteed. I can say that as a white guy. I know it will happen. If a white guy from Texas gets his gun taken away, there will be war. <laughs> That's just how it works. You know, I'm not proud. I'm if, not proud. Like I'm not proud to be a human. Let alone white. <laughs> so, Not, like... Fuck white guilt. This is human guilt. Like, I wish... Like... Ugh, there are so many meteors that could hit Earth. So many. That we that we know of, you know, any day it could happen. There's really nothing we could do. It'd be awesome. It'd be really it'd be awesome. awesome. <laughs> it'd be it would, awesome. It'd be the last scene from Rogue One. Imagine. Imagine. Th- you know what? This is what I do. This is what I do. Full circle. There is a meteor coming towards Earth. We know we have a month left. Like, this thing's hitting the Earth. 
we're dead. With our current technology, there's no way we survive this. It's just out of our control. Spoiler alert, this was Joe's exclusive scoop on the Patreon exclusive the other day. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, humanity knows it's either we leave Earth, we get somewhere else, we somehow destroy this meteor, or we're dead. Like, this is humanity dead. Like, Earth gone. I would construct a laser so powerful to blow up this meteor and save humanity. Wouldn't tell anybody, obviously. Laser. This is, this is all on my own. You all would construct own. it in, in, in the month, right? This is in the month from the so, time that you have the knowledge that the meteor is coming to yes. the time it hits. So I'm constructing this laser. I You're have it. Humanity doesn't know. Mm. I, I, I'll leave it until, like, the last day. You know, I'll give like, <laughs> you're, you're gonna sit. You're gonna sit on the laser once it's finished. You're gonna be like, let's let's. Or no, no, no. Let's kick back for a second. I'll definitely. <laughs> I've earned a break. I'll definitely. I've been working my ass off for a month. I would say, humanity. I have the technology to save us. I have it. It's undisclosed. You don't know where it is. It's ready to go whenever I say the word. This meteor's gone. Because of me, and I will save all of you. Realize, I don't have to save any of you. I can let all of you die, along with me and my family. I'm content along with that. Along with me and my family. I'm content I'm with dark. that. I realize that I'm, I'm a very small fraction, very small fraction of humanity. And I would say, if I get the glimpse of anyone not being grateful for everything they have again, like, I'll use the laser on Earth. <laughs> okay? I'll save you guys this time. If you... Next time I'm turning this bitch around. Next time, yeah, it's, it's coming at us. Okay? Like, I don't know. It's just people shock me. People well, and that's the thing is that uh, the the moment you stop being shocked is when you'll go, okay, I'm cool with literally anything happening at this point. I think anything happening that will, uh, you know, effectively change things. You I've know, had like a, I've had a lot of time to reflect on life in general. Just uh, in all your years, in all my years, yes, and and uh, with health crisis after health crisis. It's a common thought to prop to pop up. Blood pressure when your blood sugar goes below thirty, you usually don't make it. That happened to me twice. I I am very lucky. I think I have a good grasp on life and what I appreciate about it. Mm -hmm. There are only two things that matter to me at all anymore. Two, and that's friends and family. Literally, nothing else matters to me. Like. It's crazy my outlook on everything. Like, I used to give a shit about everything. And if if I, you know, was... If there was an argument against me in any way, I would stop at nothing. You know, to, to have my case be heard, to, you know, do anything I can. That's just how... That's just what I used to be. That's like what I lived for, which is just weird. <laughs> and now, I am one of the most brutally honest person or humans in my life i truly think that like a lot of my friends 
like just haven't it hasn't clicked yet you know mm-hmm. there's i just i don't know people no that's the thing that's the thing joe is that like and i've actually i've it's it's, it's been fascinating watching this transition for you in the last even nine months, you've changed a lot. A and, lot, uh, yeah. I used a to, lot. For people who and, didn't know me, I used to be the most immature. I still am very immature. I, that's one of my core values, and I hold it very dear. But I used to be like a child, like like just uh, – You've underwent a tremendous amount of growth, uh, and it's it's been a pleasure to watch. And uh, you uh, – You've you've continued to surprise me with some of your takes, just because you know I only knew you, I only knew you in high school through through classes mostly. We hung out outside every now and then, but not particularly a ton. We, I would call I would have called you a friend and such, of course. But having having heard your <laughs> all your thoughts the last nine months, it's very. I fucking love this dude. A lot brain. of them are dark. A lot of them are dark. But that's what science really is when you get to, like, the big level stuff. Mm-hmm. That's it's what... not – it's, like, you got to realize the universe is under no obligation to you at all. You know, a meteor hits Earth, like, it doesn't care. It, it's just how it is. Like, it's – we are – the universe has no obligation to do anything for us mm-hmm. at all. Which is like, why people who are overly happy freak me the fuck out and are insanely interesting to me. Because, like, the, the, the natural condition, the default position of people is to be – is existential anxiety. Because, like, everything else, despite despite everything that humans can do, they can't do the things that they want most, usually. Uh, well, and even – even modern day, probably as shitty as it would have been to live in the past at any point, it's probably even more anxiety-inducing modern day than it ever has been. Exactly. We have, access, is... we have access to everyone's thoughts at all times at our fingertips. And there's been – I actually talked to um, – what was I it's doing? Been... I was – oh, <laughs> I forgot why I even did this. I talked to at, at length um, the the like school psychologist or whatever at my at my school um, because it was some Senate stuff that I was working on. But like I just asked her one day, I was like, "Is there like like is this like a thing that like the academic um, psychological sciences community is like taking note of?" Which is like the stark increase in just like mental health issues um, and like their prevalence in like mainstream society because i think that for a long time like the natural condition of the of the human mind was so um pathologized that nobody really studied um or tried to indulge themselves in like these like originary feelings of anxiety that everyone deals with and instead decided to say oh if you if you are weak enough to succumb to voicing this sort of pain then um you belong in an institution or you belong out somewhere outside of society. And so it was your pass into society to have this normal sort of normal cognition. Um, and yeah, like basically like what she told me was that it's, it's definitely a thing that's been noticed, but social media is a, a good way 
or it has has probably influenced that uh positively like in a correlative sort of sense but obviously negatively in a real sense because like people hop on instagram and see everything that they're not but what they want to be and yeah, that's yeah. at your fingertips all the time i, I really think like we are one of the first people to be born in a time where technology was not as pronounced as it is today. We are probably the last kids to grow up without an iPad shoved in our face. Like we are among the last people to grow up without the internet, you know, all the time and how big it is. And I think, I don't think that there are more people depressed and more people anxious today. It's just, we are so connected now we are realizing, holy shit, like, everyone has these problems. Like, this is a common human trait. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this is not a, like, it is not rare for you to feel anxious or depressed or anything like that. And, and having that knowledge probably also, it's a comfort in one way, but it also probably opens your own mind up to the fact that, like, oh, shit. Like, that's something I could experience. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, I think, I think there's a, there's a problem on social media that like, I think, I feel like there's a little bit of a fetishization, fetishes, eh, fetishization. Is that a word? Fetishization. 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 A tough word. But there, there certainly is a fetishization of, of, uh, uh, depression. And anxiety and stuff. It feels like too. Very extent. strange. Very, uh, strange. very strange. How that is flipped. That was that never used to be a thing, ever. Like people are claiming that they are depressed and anxious for likes. Think about that. That is where society's come to. Well, that's Obviously, the thing too. That like, it, and that's things that I you you'll never dismiss it. You, you shouldn't ever dismiss anyone saying things like that. Exactly. If anything, they're just polluting. They're making the problem even worse because it's like uh, logically thinking. If you are a person who struggles with any mental disorder, you generally don't talk about it on social media. Yeah. On the whole, on the whole. Yeah. Like, like, there's plenty I'm of people who go to, to social media. Yeah, I, I just say anything about me. Like, I don't care. Um, like, health and all that. Like, I honestly, like, probably the happiest I've been in my life ever. Just it, as it, it links up with me being the healthiest I've ever been. My life is finally looking normal. And, like, it got pretty dark. I would never want to be like, hey, I feel super shitty in life right now. I'm going to take a selfie, post on Instagram. I don't Like, it just is so weird. You don't well, know that's, that's, if it's real or not anymore. Well, that's what's complicated, too, is that, like, and, and because if you're a decent person, you never you never should dismiss anybody's claims of being exactly. sad you should always yeah. take them seriously so it it is a shame that there are people who will be who will abuse that you know they'll they'll be like i but 
on the whole, I like to think that's not most people. I like to, I like, and sadly, I like to think that's most people. I like to think that most people are actually sad. You know, like that's a, yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's a, it's just fascinating. Uh, like I'll see, I'll see my 11 year old brother post stuff, post TikToks on his Snapchat story that are about like depression and anxiety. And I'm like, buddy, you, you don't know yet. Y'all got that already? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, if y'all got that already, then it's social media's fault. Cause like we didn't do, we didn't have that. No, no. Yeah. I didn't, no. Know, what, I didn't know what that meant. I didn't have the foresight to even like have like problematic what anxious thoughts. Yeah, exactly. We were just like, holy shit, I'm nervous. We were just doing shit, you know, like, like I honestly, I couldn't describe my personality in middle school even like I don't even know if anybody really had a personality. No. You were always no, kind of a high mind everyone... of children, you know? Like... <laughs> the, thing, the thing about middle school is that it's just a bunch of hormonal monsters who yes. are just trying to survive. <laughs> yes. Like, that's all. Yeah. Basically. Honestly, like... Like, yeah. I remember being an angry little shit in middle school. Like, I wasn't mean, but I was mad. And it was because I was going through puberty, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but, That's true. I wish I could go back to those times, being on it. Like, that, everything was just so much more simple, man. Like Everything was, was oh a lot more God. simple. Holy shit. Yeah, no, and that's been, honestly, a, a big source of, like, I, I, I think, I, well, I, I, I've kind of, like, known this like i've read a bunch about it but um uh academic like academic exploitation through the university is a real thing like the the sort like in the face of like telling us that right we are on this path to creating the means to create a successful lives for ourselves um we are essentially paying to like get, put ourselves at the whim of whatever college professor to produce however much work it is they think we should. Right. And at that point we become less students that like are trying to like learn or be taught. And we become more producers of knowledge. We become like these people who um, need to either prove that they can produce valuable knowledge, i.e. publish research, i.e publish um like whatever paper or get whatever like academic award um or else you go into the job force where you produce in a less um i guess restrictive sense or or more restrictive sense it just feeds it just feeds into that system that's what it like that's what you are bred in you are bred Mm -hmm. in producing like Mm -hmm. that's that's you are producing content and uh for your teacher for your boss you are right. producing this. You give it to them. They tell you if it was good. If you if you did good, you move on. And that's yeah. that's literally how it works yeah. all throughout and life with, in America. With COVID, like eliminating like a, a large majority of that social sort of pressure to complete that work or to be okay with what you're being assigned, I was like finding myself constantly like sitting down on my computer, being like, I need to do this or I need to do that, and being like, what if what if I did it? I don't care. Like, I really don't. Like, sure, I might not. I'll, I'll turn it in late or whatever. I, I, I may not turn it at all. 
I I don't feel like any worse of a human. Like I I feel honestly, arguably like a better human because I have thought for myself that this is not something that is very helpful for me. Like <laughs> no, and that's the thing. Once you realize that, as long as you do what, as long as you're doing what you want, mm-hmm. does it fuck? Like yeah. what the fuck else matters? I, like I, I, it's like as long as you're make if you if you are living. You know, mm-hmm. and with with reasonable means, you're probably happy. Yeah. You're not probably happy, but you're probably comfortable at yeah. least. You know, and it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I maybe I don't have to stress about this this schoolwork that I that exactly. I'm supposed to turn in by School, Monday. School honestly might be the worst thing about America today. Yeah, <laughs> it may be the worst thing. I'm not. Kidding. I remember. Okay. I remember being a sophomore in high school and it being Sunday night and me going, I have to start another week of school and then I'm going to get the weekend again and then I'm going to start another week of school and then I'm going to get another weekend again and I'm going to start another week of school. And I remember thinking about that and I thought about, I'm going to keep doing this forever and then I'm going to get a job and I'm going to go to that during the week and then I'm going to get a weekend. And I'm going to go to that for a week. <laughs> you know, and I was like, it, I was like, holy you know, fuck, that's. Rick and Morty might have put it best. It was, I think it's in the first episode too. Was, uh, Beth and Jerry are angry that, you know, Rick is keeping Morty out of school. And more, and Rick is like, you know, school's not really a place for smart people. Get a piece of paper to go to the bathroom. You have to ask, you line up, you do weird shit. You know, it's not a place for smart people. Honestly. It's it kind of keeps you dumb. You're doing yeah. the same shit yeah. every day, all well, the time. That's the thing. It's, it's a it's a training. You're not, you're not learning. It's indoctrinating. Either. We're not it's, learning in school. We are taught to memorize. You go through the fourth grade. You do your shit that you need to do. After fourth grade, you don't remember like anything. Mm-hmm. Like there's like I took what what uh calc three. It was I don't remember a single sh- anything from Calc three. Like everything is taught so wrong. It's mm-hmm. taught universities used to be like, oh, you're the smart you're the smart dude of the town. You're gonna go like we're gonna put you we want you to go to this university so that you can become this good person and like be good for society. Like yeah. it used to be like wow, like you're going to university. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like I have to go to get this I'm piece of paper. To King's College. Like, I'm just going so I can get a piece of paper so that I can get a job. In my field, engineering, every single time someone has gone on an internship or a co-op, they say the same exact thing every time they come back. And they say, in every single year of my schooling, I have learned more with this company in one day than I have my entire life at school. They say, once you get out there, school does not matter at all. Mm-hmm. Imagine, and this is what gets me, is that as a human race, if, if we just take a step back and look at our lives and how we live them, we live to maybe be 100. 100 is good. Like, that's good. Yeah. And let's say we'll keep it 100 right now, just so it's an easy, good number. We go to school until we're 22. If you go to college for four years, that's at least four years. 22 years old. 
That is almost a quarter of your life in prison, basically. Yeah. Your prime, <laughs> your prime no. is spent in the same building over and over and, and over. And, and your developmental years. And I think that's really important to characterize it like a prison because it, it, if you don't go to school, you're truant, right? You, 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 all this, all this stuff happened. Even if you, I had like astronomical numbers of absences this semester. I went to my French class like four times, somehow still passed. Don't know. I haven't gotten, I haven't put an online class since February. <laughs> and it, like it, it, COVID has kind of like brought on this like massive drop off in attendance because people are realizing like, hey, I, I'm not confined to prison anymore. I can just do what I want and not care. But all no, of it's every designed. Single, every single one of my friends I have talked to has been like, wait a second. I am so much happier when I'm not worrying about this. Yes. It, it's, it, it's all designed to quell your, your, um, uh, like, this is only a, a word in one uh, or useful in one instance, but your revolutionary impulse, it's all designed to quell like your move to be yourself or your move to freedom or your move to resist. Um, it's all designed to sort of eliminate those because that's not productive. That's not going to help you um, in academia. It's not going to help you in your job field. It's not going to help you when you have a boss to do your own thing, which is like, I don't know. A, a sad. It's a. It's. It's a quandary. It's a quandary. The movie in the book, The Giver, gets me thinking a lot. And the thing that gets me is like society is blinded to the fact that they're doing a lot of things, like wrong. Like they have babies. They literally they cannot see color. They weigh the babies. They take the heavier one. The lighter baby gets an injection to the brain, gets put in a cardboard box, and shoved down a vent. And they don't see that as murder. They don't see it as anything. They just see as, this is what we do. The lighter baby, they call it like an ascension or something like that. Yeah. You know, it's a, you know, it's just what they do. And they're so blinded that they can't see what they're actually doing. And they're killed, their population controlling is what they're doing. Like, yeah. and I wonder how many things in our lives are like that. How many things that we do as normal sake that when you really look at it, you're like, oh my God, this is like not good. School is, you have to send kids somewhere. The structure you know, of school. We need, we need places to learn for like, sure. Like obviously running a country, there it's, there's no rule book. You know, if, if, if it was an easy solution, it'd be done by now, you know, like obviously we can't just have a third of the population, not in school. Like you have to, by saying, if there was an easy solution, it would be solved by now. We're dismissing the fact that there probably are solutions that are accessible, but the people who have been in power have prevented those solutions from being executed. And I think what executed the only thing that is kind of weird and and depressing to think about is that like at the end of the day we need dumb people like there are jobs that only dumb people do that we need like it's just the truth you can either sugarcoat it or you can't like we need garbage truck drivers 
Can you imagine? Hey, don't if commit that, the garbage truck. I'm not. I'm not down. I'm not judging them at all. Can you imagine if we didn't have that? Can you imagine no, what yeah, the world would look like? There's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of jobs that have to be done by somebody, and it's it, it is fascinating. Uh, I, but that I, yeah, happens naturally. Yeah. That just happens naturally, you know. That yeah. you don't have to have school to have that. Like there well, will still be dumb people, you know. Even my, if school my, is a perfect land to be the, in. The first, the first thing that I'm thinking is just like it's it's all ideological. Like even even our like linguistic association of garbage truck driver with someone who is um, unintelligent or someone who. Uh, isn't worthy or isn't um, isn't capable of attaining a, a, a more profound job. Like that's all already couched in our ideological assumptions about what the value of jobs are. And that ideology all stems from capital, from how much money a garbage truck worker makes versus a business owner um, or a CEO. The more money, oh, you make, the more merit you are granted in the eyes of people. See, don't you guys just want to end humanity more and more the more you talk about it? Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. And you know what? There's not a better note to wrap up <laughs> the two-year anniversary of the Penny, Blue, Penny Bloom podcast on, frankly. What a way. Uh, I, think, I think this episode has been perfect chaos. I think so, too. All perfectly defining our two years as a podcast. Oh yeah. No, uh, perfectly defining it. We, we covered it. a perfect breadth of, of topics that sums up perfectly our run of 99 episodes prior. <laughs> um, fuck. It was fun too. Um, so again, this was the Penny Bloom podcast, hundredth episode, two year anniversary. I am Colton Robertson. I was joined by the OG Tav Pennington. What's up? Dude, thanks. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm, I was I was so I was so happy to have you again. It's been I, so it, long. It was a joy. It was a joy. It's really I'm you know back in the game. I had to I had to take a couple weeks off the last last semester last part of that semester there got got hectic, but we're back. I get it. I get it. We're back. The summer shall be fun. Oh yes. Summer shall be fun. I'm coming home this Thank weekend you. too. Oh fuck yeah! I like to hear that. Thank you, Joseph. George Jogurt. Hey, you know, thank you for letting me be on here and speak my mind on things that people probably shouldn't listen to. Um, I'm not a really good person to listen to, but thank you for doing it. Uh, thank you for letting me have this, have just this. No, th no, there is certainly a uniqueness <laughs> to Joe's takes, and I'm not going to lie to you, Joe. It's why you're here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. This, this is what the Penny Bloom podcast is for. It was we, we, before we even we even thought about the possibility of bringing Joseph you know, on. That's it was already play. perfect. I'm the wild card. That's just who and I that's am. the thing is you, you you never know what we're going to bring to the table is the bottom line. That's that's been the attitude from the beginning of this podcast. I mean, like we've got we've got an episode titled like Communism, Rick and Morty, uh, answering the unanswered, uh, fucking got an episode on TV's biggest badasses. Like it's just, it's all over the fucking down with the patriarch, man. That's an episode title. Uh, long live the King. Got, God. got a few, got, got a few in, in memoriam episodes. That's, that's something too. A couple of the, like we covered Kobe Bryant's death and we covered Damn. Chadwick Boseman's death. 
those are those have been like the two the two big ones since we started since we started recording the podcast. And, yeah. Uh, we we like days. made a point we made a point to get together to talk about that, you know. Damn. But yeah, those were sad been, indeed. Those were sad indeed. But we've had like I said, we've just we've we've had that breadth of episodes. We've had the happiest of happy. We've had we've had some that get a little dark like, you know, ending on the note that we should just end humanity. Um but nevertheless, I pray for peace, I pray for love. I pray for blooming. Remember, peace, love and bloom and always praise Keanu Reeves. Do it.